welcome to Two Women Chatting with Liz and Michelle. Enjoying life in our 50s, we're also empty nesters, looking to reinvent, reset, have fun and talk about topics with experts and friends that affect us, our kids and our families. So grab a cuppa and join us on the sofa for a chat. There's always room for one more. We're not tech savvy, but we do our best. But it's a learning curve. All bumps, clicks and noises are our own. Come on in and have a seat. So we're thrilled to welcome Joe Martin to Two Women Chatting this week. Joe, I've known you for years, but my goodness me, reading your bio the other day, um, it kind of made my head spin. You've done so much. You've had such an interesting background. So I'll, if it's all right with you, I'll just praise it a bit because it would take up a whole podcast to, oh, to kind of say what you've done in your life. So you grew up in Manchester in a city Irish community where you uh, had a psychiatric hospital on your doorstep and you got used to people talking to the voices in their heads. That was interesting, I'm sure. And then you trained as a psychiatric and general nurse, a therapist, a trainer. Um, sounds like another story for another podcast. You got set upon uh, by drug barons, dogs held hostage and <laughs> other memorable moments. Then your poor parents, you went off to Uganda and trained staff at a national mental hospital, eventually becoming matron there, um, and developed community projects for women affected by war and violence. Um, <laughs> you lived through an earthquake, bats in the roof, snakes in the latrine, <laughs> monkeys on a tree. Um, but apparently you loved it all. Is that right? Oh, I absolutely loved it all. It's absolutely time of our lives. And um, yeah, I look back at with such fond memories of the whole experience. Yeah, it was a war-torn area. It was a very, very difficult area. But people I worked with were absolutely fantastic. And just as a little add-on, I did meet my husband there. So, um, so which was, you know, sort of a little add-on, a little extra bonus to bring home with me. And what did he say about meeting you? He says, he <laughs> tells everyone um, he rescued me from um, a mental hospital in Kampala, which is kind of not true. But he also likes to tell people that he rescued me from Coronation Street. So it depends on, <laughs> on who you're talking to as to where he feels he rescued me from. Yeah, you that. have a very rich tapestry of life, haven't you? Which um, probably helps in your work now. So we wanted to talk a bit more. Um, so, so currently you are now a mental health advocate and you run your own consultancy. You help people in the workplace. But you and I were sort of chatting the other day and a topic came up that I think is, it produces a lot of fear in people as they approach retirement. And that is, you know, we're all so excited to spend more time with our spouses. But, you know, it's a bit of a cliche. They retire and they drop dead on a golf course. And, you know, it is a cliche, but it is kind of horrifying. And you and I just got talking about that. And from your mental health background and sort of as a medical back background, you had some really interesting things that you brought to the table on that. 
Yeah, I think it is still, it's very much out there that if you've had a very, very busy, uh, or there's there's sort of a, a legend out there that if you've had a very busy professional life and you suddenly retire, you'll drop dead on the golf course, as you say. But the research doesn't bear that up. It did originally, there was an awful lot of research around, particularly big study out of Harvard saying that, um, that something like 40% of people 50 plus who retire um, will go on to develop heart attack and stroke. Um, however, um, that was came into question not that long ago. Um, and it turns out that that research was quite badly flawed um, because they didn't take into account that a lot of people that retired at 50 to 65 were ill. And so um, we're already sick. So lots more research being done since then, which shows very clearly that if you are healthy when you retire and if you have a healthy outlook on your retirement, your retirement could be a wonderful, fulfilling part of your life. And so so taking that research with a pinch of salt that's existed around and been around for a long time, it's good to put it on one side. So retiring healthy, looking after yourself into retirement and having a really good retirement plan will set you up very well yeah I think definitely the retirement plan is crucial I think absolutely you said about you know healthy retirement that's interesting it's not just physical it's mental as well mental health in retirement very important so it's this whole batch of things it's things like people that do really well in retirement if they're financially sound when they retire. That's another really big implication is that if you are struggling financially, you could well go on to become isolated, feel depressed, feel unhappy. So that's going to impact on you. So healthy finances is a really important part of healthy retirement. Um, As is a if you've got an existing health condition, it doesn't mean you're going to have a poor retirement. It just means you need to take care of it. So um, so good physical health on retirement, good diet, good levels of exercise leading into your retirement and through and into and, and following that retirement period is very, very important. Keeping really physically very active, but also mentally stimulated. And I don't just mean sitting around make it, doing coffee crossword puzzles which lots of people talk about it's about conversation and and many of us during this pandemic have noticed that our conversations become stilted difficult because we're looking at a screen or we're not chatting in the way that we work that's what happens in retirement so we need to really focus on great communication with our friends and family and maintaining those links having a a job maybe, um, even if it's just one day a week or a voluntary job, just keeps you stimulated mentally, keeps your conversation levels up and your communication skills alert and aware. So it's all of those things packaged together, really. But it can be a problem if you retire earlier. For example, I retired earlier and my friends didn't retire. Yeah. And so you're sort of you feel, you know, there aren't people around to do stuff. So so what would you suggest then? I think before you retire, if you have the opportunity to actually set some things up, so whether that's joining a local society or organisation where you can make those links, um, joining a tennis club or a golf club or a fitness club, somewhere where you have the opportunity to meet other people who've retired as well or who are in that 
end stage of their work, maybe they're petering off and just working a couple of days a week and want to start the process of retirement. So you're in a community that's doing that before you retire, if possible. But if not, making sure that you do it as soon as you retire. So you join those clubs and societies. It may be that you drop a few along the way and they're a bit tedious and boring and you don't like the people. That's fine, but try them out and do them. Um, And so that you are mixing with other people to keep your communication and your, your relationship strong. Strong relationships often means healthy retirement. It, it removes that whole concern around loneliness and isolation, um, which again impacts significantly on mental health at any stage in our lives. Liz, you made a really good point. Um, we were talking, what were you saying about being harder for men than women because of the way we, you know, we, we socialise? Really. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I think women generally are more sociable and, and even if they're not friends per se, they still get on with people more. I, I, that's a bit, bit of a sweeping statement, but generally we're, we're prepared to be more sociable people. A lot of men have got, and women of course, have got high powered jobs um, and their, their, their colleagues are often their friends as well, or mm-hmm. they're going for dinner every night and, and they, so they, they suddenly stop that and, and they, they miss it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's the it's the suddenly stopping that's the worry. And um, and so anyone planning a retirement needs to do it two, three years out, if at all they can, and start to start to think it through and plan and think, what will I fill these gaps with? If I'm meeting my friends for a beer after work, what will I fill that gap with? If I'm if I'm meeting people for dinner at the weekend and we're not talking about work, how will I fill those gaps? And so it's about a, a really conscious effort to make those plans before D-Day arrives if at all you can. For and Again, the statistics show that if you have a planned retirement, your outcomes are going to be much better than if you suddenly get that letter on your desk saying you have to retire early, here's your package. It's a very, very different set of circumstances. It doesn't stop you going back and planning retrospectively and, and making your um, retirement, you know, beginning to plan your retirement from day one of retirement, but it is so much better for you if you can plan it in advance. And you're right men don't necessarily have those um, the same sort of level of relationship as women often have um, or have had the opportunity to make those relate you know those relationships and friendships in their professional lives so it's about thinking through as you hit your 50s how am I going to really build these relationships and develop them so that I've got friends and I've got a network and I'm not going to feel isolated or alone when I retire yeah. So, so male or female spouse, you know, with your partner, there must be things that perhaps we can do for our spouses to encourage them. Like for my husband, I've, I've tried to encourage him to get into a dad's WhatsApp group or a, you know, a dad's walking group or something. His time is super limited. Yeah. So, but he does recognize that if he doesn't do something like that, he's entirely reliant on the people that I choose to fix up dinner dates with or socialize with and it's important I think to have some independence because you know otherwise he's just living out of my pocket and getting under my feet (laughs) my husband doesn't listen to this (laughs) but it's true it's 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 doing stuff together and separately and finding your own hobbies and and often it can be going back to what you did as a child I mean it's interesting my husband loves fishing and he just sort of stopped 
And now the kids are fishing. He said, oh, why didn't I think about doing that? So it's also putting ideas in their head. Yeah. I think that's a nice that's, way That's it. a really nice way of putting it. I like that, Liz. I love <laughs> Make that. Make them think Liz. it's their idea. Yeah. Get those ideas out there, things mm. that they can do. Um, and it is a battle because quite often it's, I'm too busy for that. I can't do that. There's too much going on or haven't got time. Um, but really trying to gently nudge them into um, doing some sort of activity is really important, particularly if they can do that with other people. Fishing is a very solitary thing. Um, so I'd say that's that's great. But um, but adding on other things as well, just as there are lots of solitary activities that men might might like to do and women, too. But it's including that as part of a package of, of, of ideas and things rather than um, rather than just the only one. You'd be surprised how sociable fishing is mm. because they will compare the, the size of the fish they've caught and a little caught and uh, little bivouacs <laughs> at the side of the river. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's and there's lots of TV programs now, and they've got all these fishing for the yeah. celebrities fishing, yeah. and so but that's just an example. Yeah. I think I think we're we're very aware in the mental health field of 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 the fact that uh, sort of men are particularly at risk of developing significant levels of depression in mid to in, in middle age, and and one of the ways through this is 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 for them to build solid relationships with people and to talk about what's going on in their lives, which they don't tend to do, and so anything that can promote and encourage that is a really important thing, right from middle age onwards, um, and in fact at any age we would say. But I don't know. I mean, you know, boys, particularly young boys, trying to get young boys to talk about what's going on in their lives and how they feel is a great way to start that process. Because men, 40 to 49, highest suicide rates of any other group in Great Britain. And so um, and so we're really talking about vulnerable men um, and particularly then as they go into older age. Um, certain very vulnerable groups, executives, um, farmers, interestingly, and um, farmers and executives fit this whole sort of... Um, Sorry, I'm laughing because Liz's stomach is grumbling so loud. <laughs> I thought it'd be me because I'm back on the Magic well, Leap so diet. Not, not to, I had an enormous Chinese meal last night. So I'm not hungry, but now I'm starting. Honestly, it's getting through my headphones and everything. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. That's all right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Joe. It's it, you know, I suppose the most as much as we can do to help them to explore relationships and and get into groups and take up some hobbies. But I mean, generally the outcome's quite positive, isn't it? If you plan for a good retirement, you know, chances are you're going to have a good, healthy, happy retirement. Absolutely. Keeping yourself mentally stimulated, keeping yourself physically active and physically healthy are lots are just the ways ahead, really, and that we should all be doing anyway as part of our lives, but really building on them as we head towards retirement. Thank you so much for sharing your mental health wisdom with us. You've been wonderful. It's been a pleasure, ladies. And apologise. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to our special guest, Liz's Stomach. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. 